Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James B. Friel. I'm very, very happy that you're here with us today. As always, I am joined by the one, the only, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. Welcome to the show, Dean. Oh, yes. We are back. How you doing, James? <laughs> you sound very fired up, Dean. Was that because your noble steed you rode into the studio on was bucking today? <laughs> That's one of the reasons and the 16 cups of coffee that I just drank. that's amazing so i'm outnumbered today on this show i'm outnumbered by three brits yeah so i've got dean i've got rob and i've got kennedy rob and kennedy welcome to the show it's great to have you guys thank you so much we'll great be back recolonizing this this i was gonna say (laughs) yes yeah this is awesome for me because i would i would go as far as saying 90 percent of the guests are on your side of the pond now now you're in trouble now you get a real education in how to speak properly. Okay. All right. We'll see how this goes. Aluminium. Says, says the man from Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. And this is exactly why I wanted to have these guys on the show, because I knew they'd give you shit, too. I know. I'm not liking this already. I was, like, ready. I'm thinking, yeah, these are my guys. These are, these are my friends. These are my English people. And next thing you know, it appears to be a three-on-one against me. In my mind, I just saw this big balloon deflate in front of Dean's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, Robin Kennedy, great to have you guys on the show. I know you guys actually do know Dean outside uh, outside of uh, today, which is uh, scary and awesome all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> at some point, we might want to form a support group among the three of us. <laughs> but what I really, uh, what I'm really excited to talk to you guys about is. Like, first of all, how the heck you guys ever even became entrepreneurs because you guys have like backgrounds in hypnosis, show business, like all sorts of weird things. So I want to like find out about that. And then you guys have used that from the sounds of it to really dial in, you know, how to communicate with your audience and stuff like that. Am I... Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we were both, I mean, separately, we were both like the weird dweeby kids at school who like didn't, Speak quite, for yourself. didn't quite fit in. And uh, <laughs> and and yeah, and we, we both uh, separately got into entertainment. So I actually started off doing magic as a kid. I used to just, from about the age of four, I would I got magic sets and I would take magic really se- as seriously as you can take magic. Because the best way to win friends and impress girls at school, by the way, is to learn a card trick. That's not true. Oh, uh, no doubt so about I start, it. Yeah. I thought it was. So I started doing that. <laughs> and, um, and I took it really seriously. That was what I was going to do for a living i was going to be an entertainer and do and be a magician and then when i was 14 i saw a hypnotist and i thought oh that's really cool and lots of magicians like branch out into different things like juggling and uh, drug addiction and stuff uh, and i thought juggling crystal meth you know <laughs> easy and i thought hypnosis is the thing for me so uh, i convinced my dad to pay the, the hypnotist to teach me how to do it so i studied it for a couple of years and then basically i started doing it when i was 16 started performing a hypnosis show i did my a levels which is like the next set of exams here in the uk um and then alongside that i was doing hypnosis shows 
And so that was that was all that that was all I knew. But as an entertainer, you have tons of time just sitting around doing nothing when you're not on stage. So I was performing like summer seasons in Greece on the Greek island of Kos. I used to fly out there and do like seven or eight months of the year out there performing my show. But again, when I wasn't actually on stage, I really had nothing else to do. And you had a sort of similar journey, I suppose. Yes, again, similar thing. I was doing after dinner shows for mainly for corporations and rich people on their yachts and stuff around the world where I combine psychology, body language, understanding people, influencing people to make it look a lot like I can read their minds along as, as well as sort of memory skills and entertaining people with that in a sort of lighthearted and comedic way, some might say. And again, similar, spending a lot of time in airports, departure lounges, on trains, waiting for trains, waiting for gigs, sitting in hotels, after shows and before shows. And again, lots of lots of spare time. But one of the things I needed to do is I needed to understand how to market myself. And while learning how to market myself and get the gigs that I wanted to do so I could fulfill my sort of drive inside of me to perform and and have applause at me uh, because that's the only way my ego will, 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 will function was I needed to, yeah, I needed to market myself. So I came across lots of different marketing stuff and realized actually there's a lot of this marketing stuff which doesn't necessarily apply to me as an entertainer because it's quite a strange niche and that you don't really have repeat clients, especially not with an act like mine. Um, <laughs> you, you tend not to have many repeat clients because they won't like book you every year. They want somebody different every year. So a lot of standard marketing does not apply to us. And so understanding how to market yourself as an entertainer is quite a different thing. And then lots of other entertainers, I mean, I say lots, a few other entertainers contacted me and said, you're doing quite well. You've got a great website and you seem to be very busy. And I was really busy. And they said, how do you do that? Do you take on coaching people? Will you, will you help out? And I sort of said no a lot. And then eventually I said yes and realized there was a sort of market to, to teach other entertainers how to market themselves and 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 that's where it all and and sorry to sorry to cut in but is that how you met dean because he was looking to market his burlesque show um no no he's one of the very first people i refused and said he's <laughs> right out of my garden um, i hate you um yeah I mean, <laughs> basket clashes with the beard you know what i'm saying um, <laughs> nothing like his beard and lipstick though let's be honest I mean, with each it's other it's a combo isn't it it is a combo. Yeah, well, this is going to be a very different show to what I imagined. Carry on, boys. <laughs> Dean's like, oh, my friends are coming on the show today. Wait a second. I mean, he did look like mutton dressed as pig, you know. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> One of those rare moments in life where I remember why I don't have friends. No, that's not the reason you don't have friends, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely hate you all now. <laughs> So that's how it all began. I started teaching other entertainers how to actually market themselves, how to get gigs. And I basically came up with a subscription continuity program. And then I had to use, quote unquote, proper marketing to market that and learned about online marketing. And that's where it came in. I mean, both independently, we obviously we were friends anyway, because we'd met through the entertainment world, but and we live nearby each other. But basically, we, we both independently stumbled across this idea of creating the thing we did. So for me, it was teaching hypnosis and then selling it as a product on the internet. So we both stumbled across this idea that you could sell information products and passively earn an income. And we thought, oh, that, that would be a cool business that's a little bit bigger than just us being on stage. And we can put we can do that in our spare time and scale it beyond the amount of hours you have to spend on I mean, stage honest how many hours a week can you really spend on stage as a full-time entertainer in my corporate world three is pretty much a maximum three hours on stage yes i'm being paid fantastically or handsomely or very comfortably for it but the rest of the time is wasted time so how can how can i earn money from that and make it not a waste basically so one of the things that that you guys have become really good at 
is using small email lists and and getting a lot of value out of those small email lists. Can you can you talk a little bit about how you've done that? And was that because with the the kind of niche that you guys had started in, like the small email list was just sort of what you had to deal with and work with? A hundred and you were able to figure out how to monetize it. I'm thinking it? it might be more based on what they've just said. Like Mark comes along. Oh no, oh, Rob comes along. Oh my gosh, I did it. Um and hypnotizes them and Kennedy swoops in with his psychological warfare and then just extracts everything. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, the thing is, what you've got to remember is the number of people in the world who do magic is very small. And the number of people within that... I don't know, Dean. I would say that this show is magic. I take I offense would, to I would comment. say this show encapsulates magical just in its veins. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know. Please stay in line, guys. We'd appreciate <laughs> that. the script beforehand. I mean, come on. That was one of the strict criteria. Magic. Magic. It's got to be magic. But what's interesting about the magic niche is it's already small. And the number of people who are in that to just do it as a hobby is the vast majority of that tiny niche. So when I'm teaching business for magicians, the number of people who want to do that tiny bit Never mind want to do kids' parties or close-up magic or card tricks or tricks with balls or tricks with, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I think we've entered a new territory. <laughs> right. Is this how you expanded the market? I don't know. Like, what's going on here? He's like, well, magic is pretty small, but the adult industry is pretty big. So <laughs> if they combine that. <laughs> yeah and again i have a similar thing with hypnotists you know there's not that many of them in the world so like there were other there were people in the internet marketing niche who were boasting lists of you know like two hundred thousand people a hundred thousand people forty thousand people and in the hypnosis market i think the biggest that list i've ever really got was probably about four thousand people you know like it's a really small market in the grand scheme of things but mm. we turned it into a really good seven-figure business so it's uh it's yeah that that's probably where it came from yeah but we so okay, so so stop holding us in suspense here. Like, what's how did you do it? Like, how do you increase? So a lot of people feel like they have to have a big, huge, gigantic list mm. in order to get their business really moving. Like, but you guys have defied the odds. How does really, it happen? One of the Rob's, one of the lessons that Rob learned really early on in life was size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Um, I think I think that for me, here's how I think about it. If you grow a massive list. Uh, that kind of falls in line with the idea that you just throw enough shit at the wall and some of it will stick, right? That just th falls in line with you just, you've got loads of people, we'll play a numbers game, some of them might buy some stuff. Whereas if you've got a small list, you're kind of able to and forced to get to know the subscribers much better. Now, sure, we didn't know all 4,000 of them by name, for example, but you, you really start to pay more attention to the trends of the, of the small number of people. It's much harder to do that when a list gets massive. So I think what that meant was we were able to really close and had to really closely pay attention to the people on our list, this kind of customer avatar thing that everyone talks about, we realized, well, actually, there is no one customer avatar. There's probably like four or five different avatars within that list. So we can analyze them very, very carefully. And having that small list enabled us to pay really close attention to who on our list specifically wanted what. So really early on in that journey, we started saying, right, Let's look at what email marketing is generally and how most people do it. And it is generally, it has always been a blanket marketing thing. You know, you would send out some emails, you would hope that enough people open them, enough people click on them, and then enough of those people go ahead and buy. And we thought, actually, what if you could do that differently? What if instead you could work harder to make sure that people actually receive fewer emails from you and the emails they do receive from you are much more targeted about the stuff they want to hear about? And that became like a mantra for us very early on. One of the things I did as well is I was fully unaware of 
average open rates. So I remember Rob calling me one day when he was working in the internet marketing niche. And he said, oh, what's your open rate on that email? And I was like, oh, it was terrible. I think it was like, I don't know, 74% or something. And he was like, what? <laughs> oh, that is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I'm so angry about. It. And he was like, "Mate, that's ridiculous." I'm like, I know. I just, I think it was a subject line. It was like, no, no, no. And it's a bit like my subscription program. I have a membership program still running to this day, and my retention rate, uh, my retention on months is 18. I it's, think. Yeah, higher than that. I think. 18, no, but... 18 months plus is my is my retention on it, wow. just because of the really close relationship that I forge with each of those people. Because the big thing for me is like stop treating it like just a pool of people, and mm. instead treat them as individuals and realize they actually do, even at scale, need at least the perception of personal significance. Mm. It's so easy to feel like you're one of 100,000 people on someone's list and they don't care. Whereas if you can create a perception that they do care and you do matter, because actually they do, because each one of those individual 100,000 people unsubscribe, you don't have a list anymore. Right. This is interesting, isn't it, James? Like you and I had a, um, we had a conversation just the other day um, and, and James had ran a particular campaign to his list, um, that we'd actually discussed in a previous, uh, podcast episode. And a part of this whole campaign and communication with the list was actually centered around, you know, like putting an initial email out to gauge any interest whereby people would actually respond, you know, not this whole, oh, it's just an autoresponder. And if people reply, it goes back to a dead email that no one ever sees. This was like an engineered campaign. Um, and anyway, the moral of, of what I was about to say is like what James said to me, uh, was it last week? I think was like how actually communicating on a more personal level with his list had done wonders for his own mindset and approach to his own audience. Because I do think it is sometimes easy to slip into just like, Oh, I send a list. Uh, I send an email to my list. And I think it's actually easy, even though like everybody that's got a list knows that they're people. It's not just like they're just numbers. But I do think to a degree, it can be quite easy for people to fall into a, a habit, perhaps, of not necessarily giving that the, the perhaps the credibility or the attention that it deserves. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. I think sometimes it's easy to become impersonal. That's it. Yeah. That was the word. There you go. You see, I need you around me, James, to put my uh, ridiculous wording into something, <laughs> something more, I mean, something I, coherent. Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying. To <laughs> yeah. So I no, mean, but it, it's it's true though, and that that was actually like a really big uh, revelation that that you know Dean Dean shared with me, and I was like, okay, let me like let me try this out, and I got much more reinvigorated with communicating with all these people. Cause I was like, Oh, wait a second. Like we're having, we're having a conversation and this, this person needs this and this person needs this. And here's what, here's what's going back and forth. So, so you guys, like when you're talking about this, so are you using surveys? Like how are you, you know, you said there's maybe like four or five avatars in that list. How do you figure out who those people are and, and how to, how to make them feel significant, individually significant, even in, on scale. I love that expression. Just for your answer, individually significant. What a great thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> the real easy way of doing this is just read their minds. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. For those of us who have not been trained to do so, can you just <laughs> pop over to the trademarks office and trademark individually significant? <laughs> yeah. Great. That would be a great email marketing course. 
I think so. Basically, let, let's let's put this into a real life example. We've got a friend who is a, a fitness trainer, and he has a lead magnet on his website, and people opt in for it. I can't honestly remember what it is off the top of my head, but basically, it applies to anyone who's kind of interested in fitness. Now, it would be easy to say that his customer avatar is, I don't know, a woman in her mid forties who has two kids, is really busy, wants to lose some weight, hasn't really got the time to do it. Blah blah blah. blah. It'd be easy just to say because that's they're the biggest. That's, that's, that's that kind of like who he who he likes to help, and hmm. it's very easy for us, whatever niche you're in, whatever you sell, to. Assume that you've only got one type of customer or if i focus all of my stuff towards them there's enough of those people but actually when you start to break it down if you think about the fitness industry for a second he's got people who are opting in for his free gift and the only thing he knows about them at that moment in time is that they're opting in for that one free gift he doesn't know anything else about them but for example somebody might opt in for that free gift who wants to lose weight somebody else might opt in for the same free gift who actually wants to put on muscle somebody else might you know bodybuilding somebody else might opt in for that exact free gift who actually wants to train to run a marathon and the stuff that he needs to sell them coach them help them with in fact it would actually be detrimental to their health if he treat those people in the same way yeah they could be hurt exactly Mm. so you have to kind of think this through on a really obscure example we've got a friend and a client who is a children's magician and he teaches children's entertainers how to sell magic shows into schools which is a really lucrative thing for kids entertainers to do and basically he's got three different ways he can help you if you've already got a show he can help you get booked if you want to write a show then he can help you to do that and if you just want to buy the rights and like a license to perform his show then you can do that now this is a really obscure example what that means is he's got a list of like a few thousand people again really small niche but those three those three types of people are almost equally represented within those subscribers we know this because we've found out and what that means is that there's no way he can just send an email to everyone on, on the list and perfectly serve them because they are all looking for slightly different things so like i said i think the first thing is let's break it down into individual avatars so back in the day ages and ages and ages ago at six years ago i was running a campaign to my list and i wanted to send out a survey to find out what they wanted and in this process I had heard and sort of realized that after somebody's filled out the survey, it would be the perfect time to sell them something. So I pulled a product sort of off the cyber shelf, something I sort of had in storage I hadn't sold for a while. I put a discount on it or I gave it an additional bonus. I can't remember what. And I just threw it up on a sales video. It's like $297. And then I sent it out to my list. And then what happened was people would land on the page. They'd fill out this quick two or three question survey that literally just said, which of these do you need help with right now? Um, you know, how do you best like to learn? How much do you, how much have you spent in, on your sort of education so far? People would fill out those three, three quick questions. And then I'd take them to this page where I'd just sort of sell them this thing. And um, two things happened. First of all, I noticed the conversion rate on that paid offer was enormous. Now, this is sort of off topic, but I'll mention it because it's relevant. It's the reason why it's so high, I think, is just because it comes from a place of like people are in a real state of reciprocity at that point because you've really shown an interest in them and also they weren't really expecting the sale it's sort of they've come when they're in a mindset of engagement rather than in a mindset of being pitched at hmm. so and they're already active they're not passively just scrolling through an email yeah so the conversion rate on that was very high so i we, we was impressed i was impressed with that and i rang kennedy and said i've just done this thing this is cool and as we got talking about it i realized there was a bit of a problem that i'd come across which was as i was emailing those people um i couldn't like remove them from from the next broadcast once they'd filled the survey out there was no no way of like integrating it with my, my Aweber account I was using at the time. There was no way of doing that. So I was emailing people who'd already taken the survey. And I was like, this stand, this is like against everything we stand for about, you know, independent individual marketing and really taking care of your subscribers. I'm now emailing people saying things like, if you didn't take the survey, which is just horrendous. Well, it's even people, bad because you actually 
you're actually sacrificing the people who did take the survey the first time. You're super action takers. You're saying you're basically hitting them over the head with something they've already done and punishing them. Yeah. So we were chatting this through and we thought there must be a better way. So in the end, we thought, wouldn't it be cool if when somebody fills out the survey, well, what, what happened was I looked at the data and basically when you look at the data, we pull it on a pie chart and this is almost always the case. It was a really widespread of people who wanted one topic, a different topic, a different topic, and a different topic. It was really evenly spread. So let's pluck some numbers out of the air. Let's imagine that 40% of people said they want help with one thing. Like list building. Like list building, for example. 30% said they want help with something else. Like search like, engine optimization. And then 30% said they want help with something else. With Facebook ads, because we all need another course on Facebook ads. So you've got 40, 30, 30, <laughs> right? That, that, again, we're rounding the numbers off here to keep it really easy to think it through. But let's imagine that was the case. The best thing I could do at that point, I looked and I thought, this is a great idea, but now I've, now I've got a problem. The best thing that I can do right now is to create a product about, in this example, list building. It's the 40%. Which is the largest individual segment, and then promote that to my entire list, because that's what that's what the, the largest individual segment of people wanted. But when you actually look at it, when you add the other segments up, that 60% of your list didn't want that thing. But this is what marketers have been doing for years online. Run a survey, find out what most people want, create that thing and send it to them. But the definition of what most people want is actually being taken as the largest individual segment. Just imagine this from the subscriber's point of view. We've all been doing it for years, Mm. but I say to you, hello, what would you like? And you go, oh, well, I don't really want help with list building. I really want help with SEO. You go, great, I've got this brilliant list building course. And I've asked you (laughs) you your opinion and went, sorry, I'm ignoring you. That's what we're doing. And that's what happens. You're lowering your engagement with those people because not only, if you, you'd be better off not having asked them. No, we're not masked. That's like a Chris. That's like for your birthday. Say, what would you like? Oh, I'd love a new Ted Baker sweater. Brilliant! I bought you some Levi jeans. <laughs> so, here, uh, basically, <laughs> uh, so basically, what we did was we uh, we were not maths geniuses, but we just looked at the data. And I thought, I'm gonna, I'm about. I just jumped out at me. I said, I'm gonna about to email sixty percent of people with about a thing they didn't want in this using these numbers. So basically, and and when we've we sort of run it with tests and we got other clients and stuff to test it out, it's almost always the case that your largest individual segment isn't the majority of your list, and that's a big problem. So we're talking this through and said, well, what's the ideal situation? Well, the ideal situation would be add an extra question in the survey where you ask what their name and email address is and then what you do is you segment them based on specifically what they've said so this began us on this big long journey of okay great we'll run a survey then we'll export the csv files and we legitimately did this for years export the csv files we'll sort them by what they said they're interested in and other assorted data that we gain from the the survey and then we'll re-import them into the autoresponder into the crm into the email marketing software and then uh, at the time, you couldn't even tag people in software. That wasn't really a thing. You just put them on different lists and therefore into different sequences. And therefore, you can actually sell the 40% of the people the thing they wanted, the 30% of the people the thing they wanted, and so on and so forth. So we started doing it, and both of us in our individual niches, and it worked so, so well. It means every single person on your list is receiving offers for the exact thing they need help with right now. One of the biggest reasons that we see such low open rates and such low click-throughs, such low engagement on our emails is not because people get too much email, which is the reason they check on the why did you unsubscribe. Actually, if you dig a little bit deeper, let's be honest. If I got an email 40 times a day from a really hot girl, that would not be too much email. Because <laughs> that's an email that I really want. What they're actually saying is I get too much irrelevant email that's not helping me, not relevant to me right now. So what we want to do is send more emails which are bang on for what the person needs help with right now. 
So for years, I guess we were secretly doing this thing. So to answer the question, yes, we used a survey and we were secretly doing this thing. We realized actually the correct way to do this is, <laughs> brace yourself, to automate it so the survey is like one of the first things that go out, goes out. So somebody might opt in or register for a webinar or they would do something. So for example, when we, when, when we run a webinar, as soon as somebody registers for the webinar, on the thank you page, we say, thanks very much. Your details are on their way in email. Now, we'd love to have you take this quick three-question survey so we can find out where you're at. And we'll ask them three relevant questions that are relevant to the topic of the webinar. So now what happens is, so, so whenever anyone takes any significant action, opt-in, register for a webinar, join a membership site, whatever. Purchase something. Purchase something. We first thing we do is run them through a quick survey, either on the thank you page or in an email straight away. And then basically what that means is we can take those people and we can download the CSV, sort them, re-upload the CSVs every single day as new subscribers are joining. And basically what that means is your gap between somebody becoming a subscriber, a prospect, you know, a, or a customer and becoming a customer or a repeat customer or a webinar attendee is much, much smaller. You're actually able to, so if, I mean, people are finding that Facebook ads are getting more expensive to run. And the reason Facebook ads are getting more expensive to run, even if you're really good at Facebook ads, is that getting somebody to make that initial purchase is getting harder. It's getting harder to get somebody over that, you know, what's become known as the tripwire offer. And so what we realized is that's because a lot of the time, just because somebody's opted in for a free report, it doesn't necessarily mean that the thing you're about to sell them is the perfect right fit for them. Now, we're not saying you shouldn't have a tripwire offer. You might as well have it there. But at the same time, as soon as somebody's really in your business, you should should run a survey to find out precisely what they want. And, and what so this means, what if you do it, for example, for the webinar, and you ask somebody on that thank you page, hey, what do you really need the most help with right now? That's one of your, what we would call a key question in your survey. It means what you can do is you can have a different webinar show up sequence for each of those three segments so that you can talk about the huge benefits they're going to get from the webinar that specifically help the thing they need most help with right now. And obviously, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to realize that, of course, that means your show up rate goes up dramatically as well like we tested it just to see if it would do anything but it, it dramatically went up so we started playing with this and, and again it became like what does that like what does that mean like dramatically went up so in a really obscure niche i would say we doubled more than doubled, more than doubled comfort comfortably doubled our attendance percentage right wow because let's think about it. If, you, if you're saying, hey, we're going to we're doing this webinar about, I'm going to make something up right now. But um, let's well, say- fact, We can give you a real example. So we have a webinar for uh, for our software. And if we run that webinar, it's the webinar effectively yeah, is about email one. marketing. It's about email marketing. So in the survey, we ask three questions. The questions are, how big is your list? And then we give them some options with different ranges of numbers of subscribers. How do you mostly do email marketing? So that's broadcasts, uh, automation campaigns, or both. And then the third option is, what's your biggest challenge right now? And it's basically open rates, click-through rates, unsubscribe rates, those sort of questions. So what that means now is, and again, when we look at the results on a, on a pie chart, they're massively spread out. But it means the email sequence that we now drive people through specifically says, we noticed in the survey, you said you have a, you, you've got uh, 20,000 know, 20, subscribers and or, you know, between 10 and 20,000 subscribers. And your biggest problem is getting people to open your emails. We're going to cover this on the webinar. In fact, here's a short video that teaches you some warm-up content content to get them ready for the webinar. In other words, the webinar is going to cover all of those things. So it doesn't really matter which one they pick. We're going to we're going to help them with it because that's what the webinar was put together to do. But from their perspective, we're now showing them just how the webinar is going to help them to achieve that thing rather than just reminding them because that's what most people show up sequences. It's just a reminder that you registered for a webinar and uh, right. uh, restating rather than, rather than compelling them and exciting them to actually turn up and, and, and consume something really, really good. 
and useful. Yeah, I, I love that 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 um, specific use regards to the webinar. I know I know what you guys say, and obviously there has a uh, you know lots of different uses. But for me, like that's gold what you've just said there because that makes complete sense. Because I think what what a lot of people do, including myself, if I'm honest, is like you've just rightfully said. One, once people have registered for the webinar, yes, it is like a reminder sequence, but. Like take us, for example, we do go a step further and we're providing content and we're emphasizing the benefits of being there. But when you don't like without you, what you guys are saying, like just what with, with what we do, we throw all the benefits at them, hoping that like, well, not hoping, but knowing that somewhere in amongst those is one of their key things that they're looking for. But it just makes, um, to me, it would make complete sense that actually perhaps sometimes, <clears throat> even though there might be one or two things that people are necessarily wanting or needing from your presentation, they may not be showing up or indeed giving it their full attention because in their eyes, a lot of what's going to be shown isn't necessarily like getting them truly excited. It's not necessarily an area they struggle with or need help with, but because we don't know and we're throwing everything at them, hoping that they get excited by it, we might be losing a ton of people. So I think what you've just said there, that's gold. Yeah, and what's really nice about it is if you know that that's the specific element that they need help with is in your show-up sequence, which is basically getting them excited, is you can go really deep and start stimulating emotions in them about why that's really important for them to fix. And the the the, the aftermath of having fixed this, what that's going to look like, you can start foreshadowing all of that and future pacing, what that's going to look like, which means you're really compelling them that they're going to get the result that they specifically want just by showing up to this thing. I, I mean, effectively, what happened was this survey thing started out as a campaign that I wanted to run because it felt like a good idea. And over, the la- over that, those sort of few years that we played with it, it became, I mean... Look, without any, um, without any, uh, what's the word? Exaggeration. It became an absolute cornerstone of both of our businesses because now nobody can do anything without being put through a survey very quickly afterwards. Which not only, again, gets more people to buy that initial offer because it it puts them through the right offer at the right time, or gets more people to show up to your webinar. It gets fewer people to leave membership, recurring membership programs. It gets more people booked into high ticket application form uh, calls. It does all those things, but it also means that everyone is tagged very neatly inside our our autoresponders and CRMs with everything we ever need to know about them. And this is where everything starts to shift because whilst it shortens that gap from subscriber to customer or customer to repeat customer, it absolutely does that immediately. But going forward, it means that now, whenever you're going to send out a broadcast, instead of just saying, well, I'm going to promote this product now, opening up your CRM, writing an email and hitting send, you now say, right, who is this specifically relevant for? Oh, well, this is about bodybuilding. So only it shouldn't, it shouldn't go to the weight loss people and it shouldn't go to the marathon training people. It only needs to go to the people who have expressed an interest in that right now until, you know, a bit later, maybe they go through another, another survey and maybe their goals have changed. But that mm-hmm. basically means that your, your, your forever marketing going forward is always going to be more on point. So question. So I think probably, uh, you know, some people might take this to the extreme and say, okay, I need to have 10 segments in my list. Mm. Like what's the, what's the right number that where, you know, there's going to, you're going to cover like 80 to 90% of the list. And then there's going to be a bunch of miscellaneous Mm. that maybe you shouldn't worry about. Is there a, is there a threshold there? It's going to vary from niche to niche. The, the, The thing for me really is what we say to people is this, you want to work out what your key questions are that will define how you sell the stuff that you sell. So for example, let's imagine that you teach marketing. Let's imagine you teach info product marketing, for example. There's a bunch of things that you probably are going to teach. There's probably a bunch of stuff you literally don't cover. So you can discount all of that stuff. If you know I never teach traffic, we can get rid of that. If you know that I never teach email SEO. marketing or SEO, we can get rid of that. So you're going to kind of come up with the core things that 
that you really like to focus on. And in our experience, most businesses only have four or five of those things. Like there's only four or five of those things. Like I have a, I have a coaching program for people who want to do info product marketing. That's fine. But realistically, we only cover a handful of things, kind of content marketing, uh, product creation, list building, email marketing, and the funnel bit. And that's really all we do. I don't really cover traffic. I let that, that be covered by other people. So what that really means is that I'm able to, or everyone is able to take the, the stuff that they teach and boil it down to some key questions. And those key questions will get them the data that they need. It will get them the information they need. So what that means is in your survey, you probably only want to have a maximum of four questions, maybe three, three or four questions, all multiple choice. So literally just, you can choose one of these options from each question, or if you want to go wild, they could choose more than one option from each question. Um, and then basically you want to make sure that that tags them in your system with what they need to know. Now, that means that you've actually got this like matrix of data, if you like. So let's imagine you ask four questions and each of those four questions has 16 options. That's effectively 16 different categories across those four questions. Uh, so you, you create this sort of matrix of information, if that makes sense. So somebody might be interested, somebody might be 18 to 35 and interested in bodybuilding, or they might be 18 to 35 and interested in weight loss, or they might be 18 to 35 and uh, you know interested in getting rid of uh, post-pregnancy weight. So you end up with this, uh, they might be male 18 to 35 and that thing. Um, so you can basically start to build this matrix of data. And the idea of it is that you actually, rather than thinking as individual segments, that was how we started thinking about it. But now we're thinking about it as literally tag. I mean, we know we know data drives everything now, right? Look at everything that's going on in the world, the data that Facebook has, Google has rightfully or wrongfully. Look at the power that, that data has. As small micro and small businesses, we're able to actually collect a lot of this data just by asking people what their interests are, what their age ranges is, what their other demographical stuff is. And there's basically a bunch of key questions that we've come up with. It's based on location, it's based on gender, it's based on age, it's based on interest, it's based on obstacles. And that's kind of the, the main ones you've got. So you want to work out what's important to me to help me, de to help me decide what product or what service is going to be useful to those people and then create that little matrix of data and it's just applying tags to the right people. I mean the way around to look at this is just take a look at your main products. Let's say choose three of your your best products, the products your your flagship product and think what because you remember you can you're writing the survey questions. So you can absolutely load those questions and possible answers to seed the feeling, the drive, the emotion, the want, the desire for those three things. So when the person arrives, they might not know that they've got a problem with their traffic. But if you say, are you seeing this symptom? Are you seeing this symptom or this symptom? Well, before I saw this page, I wasn't seeing any symptoms. But right now, mm. Christ almighty, I'm seeing that symptom. So now we can say, right, that, that is a symptom of not having very good paid traffic sources. That's a symptom of not having very good search engine mm. optimization. That's not et cetera, et cetera. So you can actually use the questions themselves as indirect sales tools to start seeding doubt and start seeing that, that, that opportunity for that sale. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're saying that you're putting this, you're putting the, your questions after they've already taken action. So after they've opted in, right. after they've registered, after they've purchased, not, not like, I'm going to go opt into something and then I get those questions and then I click submit right. to get and my the, opt in. And the reason we don't do that is because we tested it and neither of us can make that work. And it makes sense that we couldn't make it work because 
we all know that we've been told for years that if you drop the field that says give me your name and only ask for for, for email address, you significantly bump up the number of opt-ins. So why would you put more questions in the way yeah. of getting the opt-in? Get the opt-in first, now find out about the person. It's a bit like going over to a bar and asking and being that creepy dude who asks way too many questions too early. Instead, you go over, can I buy you a drink? That's a really low, unintrusive question. The next one is, what's your name? Okay, cool. Now we're going somewhere. But until that moment where we actually have engaged in a relationship, in this case, that would be a conversation at the bar, in, this, in, in the email marketing world, that's, we've got your email address. Why would you ask for more information and be that creepy person? Because all you're going to do is see a significant drop in the number of people who engage, who you've got the opportunity with which to warp the relationship. The other thing that this really and how- the other thing this really does is it, it sort of like stacks the cool as well. So if you think about it, if somebody lands on an ad, they see an ad and they click on it and they land on your landing page and it offers them this cool free report or webinar or whatever, and they go and click to, to get it and the, the pop-up box appears and then suddenly you're asking them questions. Suddenly now they have to think and it's hassle. And it's you've like, removed them from the actual reason they're going to opt in. Like, like, like exactly. Exactly. hey, I really want this diet plan. Great. I'm going to click to download the diet plan. Are you over 18? Oh, and suddenly no, I just want bloody ebook thank you <laughs> so now what happens is when, when you flip it round and you give them the chance to opt in or register or whatever first, and get the thing that they want first uh, like fulfill because it's all about them they don't care about you and now in the next step and this is where it's really nice they've, they've opted in that thing and so now they're in a place of sort of gratitude and now when they get to the next page or they receive an email from you and it's a really cool because lots of people say oh but nobody likes taking surveys well if they don't like taking your surveys you're doing the surveys wrong if your surveys have got 3,000 questions and 29 pages and like then no the people aren't going to like that but if it's three or four questions and it's framed as being about them so they've just opted in for this cool thing which is great now most people would sell them a thing and you can still do that if you want to but when they get to the thank you page or when they get the first email and you say now listen we want to make sure that the stuff you receive from us is absolutely perfect from you and it serves you right i mean we all receive too many emails uh, blah, blah, blah. so quit take this quick survey and tell us how i can help you best there is nobody on this earth who who doesn't like that that that's cool and what it means is you like stacking the cool thing on top of the cool thing they've just opted in for a thing that's cool and now you're asking them how can i how can i better serve you with the emails i'm about to bombard you with <laughs> that's cool and how many uh, how many people who you know take the first action the opt in the registration or whatever wind up taking the survey is that percentage of people pretty high so we tend to aim for about 40 percent. so that's typically what we're seeing so about 40 percent of people who register for a webinar instantly take the survey incidentally we send them an email straight away with their registration stuff and in there is another link to the service so if they didn't take it from the thank you page of the webinar they can take it from the first email and that bumps it up even higher but the number of people who take it instantly is a little bit over 40 percent. so what it means is that like we're now able to take on like not far off half of our list let me tell you uh, a quick story about if you do live events so uh, rob and i were booked to go and speak at a conference about about segmentation and email marketing in the modern world and so what we did is we, we were allowed to have the data of the people who had registered to come to our seminar session and it was a 50 minute session and so we said okay great we'll send them an email with a survey to say hey how can we help you the most so we can do a show up sequence so the people who register for our session actually show up so we send them a, a campaign of email saying we're looking forward to seeing you at the at the seminar at this masterclass 
please fill in the survey so we can find out more about you and we can make sure that the content's perfect for you. So we did all of that. We show up to the thing. Rob's doing the, the end of the presentation and he's talking about response suite and he's talking about, which is our survey platform. He's talking about, um, he's talking about segmentation and surveys. This lady puts her hand up and she said, yeah, but does anybody take surveys these days? Rob looked at the room and said, okay, put your hand up if you received an email from us before this session and you completed the survey. 100% of the people who showed up took the survey. Including the lady who asked who takes survey. <laughs> so 100% of show up off the back of that survey. Am I saying that's typical? Am I saying that's going to happen every single time? Of course it's not. But the irony of it was, and the lesson from it was, the people who showed up took the survey. So we can probably surmise that people who take the survey are much more likely to show up. Yeah, that's awesome, you guys. Um, so, uh, D- Dean, I feel like these guys have given yeah, us more think, than I just. I think the they tips. went all in. <laughs> I think we put, put it all in. <laughs> I think you have. That was uh, unexpected and uh, a little bit abrupt, <laughs> but thank you anyway. <laughs> I should warn you next time. I'll just um, so, uh, so, so just to uh, just to sort of tie things up here. Um, tell you know, tell tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing. You know, response week. You guys have this platform. Mm. People want to learn more about your your strategies and stuff. I know with some of the stuff that we're doing right now, I'm I'm going to take this and implement it. I think this is this is ab- absolutely amazing. Um, so w- where can people go to find out more about you guys? So there's a few different places. If you want to hear our podcast, we interview a different guest every single week. We have a podcast called Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, where we interview lovely people and also people like me, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> with all breadth of knowledge about all kinds of things, specifically for for people who are coaches people who are uh, run webinars do high ticket coaching have uh, email marketing or membership programs or that kind of course all that kind of stuff so you can find out a bit more about us and, and, and all that sort of shenanigans there but in terms of response suite itself yes so uh, we've actually so response suite is our survey platform we very quickly realized that after a few years of doing this manually we needed to create an automated solution for doing it um, and i very naively thought i'll pop on freelancer <laughs> or something i'll pay a couple of thousand dollars and somebody will pull together this uh, survey platform <laughs> quickly realized it wasn't the case we talked talked about it and we were both doing it manually for a really long time and in the end we thought you know what we need this other businesses must need this then there's there's a market here and and we need it so we decided that we would build because uh, the truth is doing it manually is worth the work but lots of people do fall through the gaps and you have to do it every day or it's get, just not perfect it's just it? not we're, perfect. we're really striving for better email marketing so we realized it needed to be automated um so we started response suite uh which is uh amazing it's been a really fun journey so far we built the survey platform it's a drag and drop survey builder it integrates with your email marketing system whatever one that you use uh, so people get segmented and tagged perfectly it's straight got, away it's in, a, in real time it's got a nice feature when somebody takes the survey as soon as they take it you can take them to a different thank you page based on what they said um so you can take them to a, a page where you literally sell them the thing they've just asked for in the survey instantly or you uh, give them a free bit of content which helps them a little bit on the way there yeah it integrates with facebook pixels so you can put people into different audiences based on what they say and you can retarget remarket and all that stuff the great thing as well is we we help people get a higher completion rate on their surveys because we have the Facebook pixel on there. So it means if somebody gets to your survey page and they don't complete it, you can retarget and remarket to them, increasing your completion rate of your surveys themselves. And then, of course, it does everything you'd expect a survey platform to do. Uh, so we put it all together. It's, it's really cool. We actually have a, a special offer for the Just the Tips listeners. Um, what? You can grab a 14-day free trial of Response Suite. So you can try it out for two full weeks, get it all set up, get it functioning, get it working. Um, but listen, if you grab the 14-day free trial 
uh, as a listener of Just the Tips, we're also going to give you our Survey Marketing Masterclass, which is a four-part uh, live coaching we did. It's the recordings of a four-part coaching we did, where we teach eight different campaigns uh, that you can use. So basically, it's uh, to do with lead gen, it's to do with memberships, it's to do with webinar, the webinar show up thing we've talked about here. We go in depth on that. Uh, High-ticket coaching applications and a whole bunch of others. Um, so that was $497, but you can have that for free just for taking a trial. And also, uh, a free onboarding call with either myself or Kennedy. Um, so it's not going to be like our PA or anything like that. You'll literally jump on a call with one of us. And we'll um, actually install it into your business, into your campaigns with you as part of a 40 You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you guys. You guys have given me renewed hope <laughs> in the British. <laughs> <laughs> but in exchange, as well as the 14-day trial, we will insist that you put one of our flags in your front yard. <laughs> right. Okay. That's fair. I think that's a fair trade. So you can, uh, if you want to grab it, you can sign up for the 14-day free trial and get the bonuses. Just head over to responsesweetdeal.com forward slash tips. That's T-I-P-S. Awesome. Perfect. Dean, what do you, Dean? What do you have to say about your fellow countrymen today? I feel like this was. I think very, they're uh, the very, dynamic very duo, aren't they? Like, you know, very few people that speak together, like on a podcast, are as good as you and I, James. You know, we we literally are the best. True. Um, and so, you know, it's it's been kind of good to listen to a couple of guys try and compete with our, you know, charisma, you know, and all that kind of thing that we ooze with. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, it's been awesome. And I think the key word for me, I wrote this on my notepad. I always like jot a few things down when I'm, you know, when we've got guests on. I think the the key word for me out of all of this and why all of this works so well is relevance. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stick the, yeah. the flag yeah, totally. in that one. Relevance. Yeah. All right, relevance. Um, so no, I I totally agree with uh, agree with you, Dean. I mean, uh, thank you guys. Uh, so much for coming on the show. Uh, really, really appreciate the uh, the generous offer for our listeners. Um, ResponseSweetDeal.com forward slash tips. Uh, also made me chuckle that that's the, uh, the URL to go to. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad we're not ditching the humor once we start to do business together. And um, no, and uh, really, this is, uh, I think I think for me, it's, it's just such a great exercise mm. in remembering that yes. we're talking to people, right? right? We're not just it's not just a number, right? Like we want to be treated as people and guess what? So do all the people that we're talking to. You know, speaking of that, speaking of that, James, if we, we, we genuinely care about the people who are listening to your your podcast and, uh, (laughs) even me, even for me, even even right. Um, and, um, (laughs) and so we would love to hear what you thought and what, what you enjoyed and your big takeaway and the thing you're going to go and implement, because we're all about action. Like knowledge is okay, but like, if you're going to go and take action on some of this, we really love to hear about what you plan on going to take action on and any results you might get later on. Tweet us again about it. So just tweet us at response suite and just say hello or say, I want to go and do this, or that was terrible, or you're so much better than James and Dean, (laughs) you know, anything like that would be lovely. Uh, just a special note to our editors please bleep <laughs> out that last thing he said <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no this is great I know personally uh, we're going to implement the uh, the thank you page uh, surveys and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll let you guys know how it goes um, we got to wrap it up here thank you guys very much for being on the show Robin Kenny pleasure meeting you guys both um, thank you for hypnotizing us with your uh with your savvy marketing ways on this episode, Dean, wait, wait, um, why are you to say anything good I, about I think, me? What, uh, what, I think what I'm going to keep hesitation? you around. No, I was just going to say, I think, like I said, I found in re- renewed hope in the Brits and, uh, I think I'm going to stop 
my search oh, for new yes, podcast. Oh, yes, there we go. Victory is mine. Episode. Me, on the other hand, if there's anybody listening that's looking to uh, team up for a great podcast, please get in touch with me. <laughs> awesome well thank you guys very much uh, to our listeners thank you guys so much for being here today we appreciate you guys if you've enjoyed the show please implement what you've learned share the episode and uh, we will talk with you guys soon later everybody thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips where we believe business should be profitable and fun for show notes links and other information on our guests visit justthetipshow.com for more information on how to connect with Dean Holland visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.